Hey there, and welcome to Pagan Gumbo Podcast. I'm Forrest, and today I am here with Michael, Seamus, and Sequoia. Uh, she is making her debut here on the podcast, and uh, we have a, a few uh, various and sundry topics that we have discussed, um, one of which is the presence of a public altar um, here at the Magical Druid Store, if you've ever been here in uh, Clintonville, Columbus. Uh, the store houses a really beautiful, very well-cultivated and, and curated uh, altar that is available to the public. And uh, this was the, well, it, it was originated um, by Michael and, and Seamus. So I think I'll lob it over to you guys to start off telling us how that began, what was the inspiration for it, and so on. Oh. I think... For me, the inspiration was I had gone to New Orleans and um, was um, impressed, maybe, I don't know if impressed is the right word, but uh, um, yeah, impressed with the fact that even in all their retail stores um, down there, they usually had shrines and, and altars and stuff. And I don't know how many of those are true working, how many of them are touristry, and how many of them are for show or whatever. But um, it, it lended itself to what Michael and I always wanted the store to be. Um, we, we didn't want it to be just um, capitalism. We wanted it to be a spiritual home. And, and um, even before we really had space for an altar in our old location, it was like, well, it, it, we need to have this. This needs to happen in one way or the other. And so we had a, a small end table, I think, is what we started out with. Mm. It may have been this end table. It, it may have actually been this end table. <laughs> Michael is, is pointing at a, a really cute, uh, dark, wooden, kind of craftsman-style, you know, three-shelf table. And I, I'm not good at, at um, gauging measurements just by sight, but it is it is end table size, <laughs> d- diminutive. Yes, it's about so. two feet by two feet on the top and about two and a half feet tall. Yeah, yeah. so we're not talking about an enormous space here. But it worked for where we were in the space that we had because we were in a small space at our first store. Um, but it still lended itself to that place where you could take a time out, you could go over, you could do a small ritual, you could do a meditation, you could light incense, you could light candle, whatever. Um, because the other thing that always impressed me is like when you walked into a Catholic church, you had that, that area where you could go and have your moment with divinity. And if you needed to say a prayer for health or for forgiveness or whatever, there was that space. And a lot of it had to do for me with that notion of places that you could go anytime and offer devotion or worship or however you want to phrase it. Um, that was very important to me as well. And being able to provide that kind of space to the community mm-hmm. was particularly useful in my vision of what we wanted to do here at, at the Magical Druid. And it's actually it's one of the first things that we put up in both locations mm-hmm. was a little space for that after we moved in our required things. Um, and it's the first thing that really kind of came together. And it changes over time. Mm. Oh, we daily. Have, yeah, we have a lot of things on it that stay on it. If you bring something in and you put it on the altar, it stays on the altar. We don't sell anything that goes on the altar, even though we are a commercial for-profit shop. Uh, that space is set aside entirely so that if someone comes in and leaves money on the altar, we don't take that into the shop. We uh, 
tend to donate it to homeless shelters or things like that mm -hmm. um, if we ever take it off. I have taken it off because um, it becomes very attractive to some people who come into the shop to see it. And so one of the things the store does is we have a Blessed Bee um, homeless bag that we give the homeless people. And it's got stuff in it like sanitary napkins, Band-Aids, condoms, um, trail mix, shampoo. shampoo, underwear sometimes, or socks or whatever, but things for the homeless people. And, and what, to me, that is what the gods would want is to give to, to that. Um, the, the gods have taken any of the spiritual mana from the money that they would need, and so we use what what's left for those in need. Mm -hmm. I've, I've been really impressed at, by how engaging the altar is, the physical altar Um you know, if, if you see people walk in for the first time and they've never been to the Magical Druid before, that is where they tend to automatically gravitate. You know, it's a, it's a magnet um, for people who are actively practicing, for people who are really just beginning to explore paganism from the beginning. Um, but it is a force. You know, there, there's an energy there. And, and people, whether or not they're actively involved in paganism, seem to really feel that right up front when they engage the store. Um, so that, that's always interesting to watch people kind of discover it and, and explore it for themselves. And, we, you know, the store's close to the university, at least one of the universities here in town. And so there's a lot of people who don't have uh, a chance to have sacred space in their dorm room or whatever. Right. You know, they're sharing space or whatever. And so this gives them that opportunity to have that sacred space. Right. Yeah, I, I love that aspect of it as well. And in a dorm room situation, like you mentioned, you don't necessarily have the privacy or, or the safety in some cases to be openly um, practicing pagan. Uh, and then there's practical considerations, too, like you're not allowed to have an open flame or right. use incense. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, there, there's some pragmatic applications there, too. And then people who come in from out of town, Columbus, as some people may not know, uh, is a bit of a destination. And there's a lot of people who travel in from other parts of the country and, and around the world. And so if you're here traveling and you don't necessarily have uh, a space that that is dedicated to your magical practice or your devotionals, then this is um, – it kind of takes – that place you know it's not home but it's close enough does that make sense like it, it allows people to just sort of engage and, and reconnect with themselves on that spiritual level regardless of of where home may be for them one of the things that we do as well is we keep from from suppliers will occasionally get sample incenses or things like that um we keep those up on the altar as well so if someone comes in they don't have to buy something mm -hmm. in order to to go up to the altar and make an offering, they can take some of our incense um, that we've set aside for this purpose and go ahead and, yeah. and make their offering. And there's usually candles up there as well and yeah. different things. Mm -hmm. And it's a working altar for the sore as well. I mean, we do engage in magical practices and we will do um, candle work and, um, you know, different things. Um, and, and so... My day always starts with, with going to that altar first. And if it's just a few minutes to, to ground and center myself and remind myself that, you know, uh, it's, it's good to be uh, 
in service with your head, your heart, and your hands to the, the community, and that we should always lead from that position in service of the earth mother, the community around us, and, and the kindred. So it, it's great for me to kind of do a reset every morning. The, um, the Sunday morning blessings are another facet of, of the, uh, the public altar's role in the store, and it's one of the things that's, that's really resonated with me very deeply. I always find myself kind of tearing up, <laughs> getting a little bit emotional during the, the Sunday morning blessings. And they're comfortable, they're casual, but not um, too... I don't know. Not too casual. They're structured enough to allow a person to feel like they're in good hands, even if they've never experienced any kind of pagan ritual before. And uh, I just I find that it it really helps me to truly reset for the coming week. So um, one of the things to explore and experience in the store, if you have the chance to to be here, is that Sunday morning blessing that we try to do noon ish generally within like 15 minutes afternoon on a Sunday. Um, as soon as we can after opening. Yeah. <laughs> we open at noon as well. Right. Um, but having that little service, that, that uh, I wish I had adequate words for it. I just don't. It, it's uh, something to be experienced rather than described, I guess. I always consider it the easy button, you know, that <laughs> office supply store that has that commercial about the easy button. Mm -hmm. This is your ritual easy button. It's just a great way, like you said, to do a reset, to leave everything from last week behind, take a deep breath and reset for the coming week, mm -hmm. you know, and be thankful for those things that you're, you're blessed with. Yeah, and it's got representations of a variety of different spirits. So it's not just the ones that we work with. Mm -hmm. uh, we try and make sure that there's... A little bit of something for everyone and it's a three-tier altar as well so at the bottom we've got ancestry kind of stuff in the middle we've got nature spirit kind of stuff and at the top we've got gods and goddesses deities um, kind of scattered throughout that those tiers and uh, so when you come in you've got the chance to to sort of interact with a wide variety of spirits some of whom you may never have met before which mm -hmm. is also kind of interesting but we've been working with the the altar for a very long time now, years. Yeah. Um, Eight, nine years. And now. sometimes I wonder how it is when new people wander in kind of for that first time and see it. Sequoia, how did you <laughs> feel when you wandered in? Um, like Forrest was saying, definitely you go there first. I've seen people come in, walk by, and then take a few steps back. Like, well, let me come back here for some reason. They'll just stand there and, you know, look at it and see what's on there. Um I personally like going to light incense. I have my own personal altar at home, so I think altar space is very important. It's, it makes it the sanctuary that it is. That's what the magical druid is for me, so I love the altar. Yeah. It's a, a, a lovely thing to have, and uh, it's one of the things that I, I hope that other stores will also find a way to do because it's an easy... When you're... Alone and adrift in the world of new paganism, um, stores are where you gravitate. The metaphysical stores in your area. And uh, if you're listening you don't have one, and you've got, or you own a store and you don't have one, I recommend putting one up. It is a useful thing to do. Um, it takes up some floor space, but that is a small price to pay for people coming in and feeling welcome in your space. Yeah, I think from a business owner's perspective, that can also be very pragmatic. Um, brick and mortar retail 
is a difficult thing to sustain these days. And so when you have aspects of a space that require presence, you know, it, it, they require you to be there among other people rather than simply choosing something online and, and putting it in your, your checkout cart. Um, the, the altar is, to me, a very successful um, exploration of some of the New Orleans-style uh, shrines that I've seen when, when kind of exploring the, the French Quarter. I really think one of the key elements to it is that it does incorporate elements from the community, that when you bring something to the altar, um, that it is embraced by by that collection, by that, that curated um, bunch of stuff that just resonates with a growing uh, energy. And the fact that you intentionally made that such a priority in laying out the store and making sure that it, it um, allowed for engagement, that, that people did have a reason to come in and be physically present and physically welcomed and feel that way is, you know, from a business owner's perspective, it makes a lot of sense in, in making sure that the vitality and the nourishment of that space is taken care of. And from a spiritual perspective, it reminds us that, yes, there is a retail element to what's going on here, but that's not at all. That's not all that's going on here. Yeah, we are, at our core, a working store. So we're making stuff mm-hmm. in shop. We're blessing candles. And if someone comes in and asks for a candle to be dressed, we'll take it over to the altar and set it there and dress it right there in front of them. And so those are the kinds of things that it really it, it brings. And it makes sure that you know that the stuff that you're getting is actually worked on. Right. It's actually uh, created by the hands that work in this store. I have uh, sat here and um, been honored and humbled by people bringing me stuff. I have, um, I had a young man um, bring me a box of his father's magical tools after his father passed. Wow. And he said, I don't practice, but I know that he came here and was, you know, a semi-regular to your store, and I know that they will have a home here and be respected. Mm. Uh, may I put them on your altar? And how, I mean, yeah, that's, amazing. that's exactly what it is about, you know, is building that sacred center. It should resonate in all the things we do. And, and we are a working store for whether it's woodworking and making rune sets or setting candles or, or whatever it is. Um, it, it, it would be hollow if we did not have that spirituality and that piety Mm-hmm. Um, other places, maybe not, you know, everybody's uh, mileage will vary. And even though it was inspired by those things in New Orleans, I like the fact that it is very much uh, a unique and druidic thing of our own with the three kindreds represented in and all the gods and goddesses from so many different cultures and paths up there. I mean, we've, we've got, you know, even our landlord brought us something back from uh Oh, from Greece when he was right. over there just for the altar because yeah. he knew of the altar. I mean, just there's just, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's like a photo, snapshot, a book. You know, you can look at so many of those things, and I could tell you the people who, you know, this was from so-and-so who we lost, and, and I'd like to honor him by putting something on the ancestor um, part of the altar, or this mm-hmm. is from my cat, 
this is my cat's favorite toy and she passed and it um you know it in our homes uh, many years ago we started these things called ancestor boxes and the idea was that we would put our our joint ancestor things into a box and as we were creating community and 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 a house in our homes a family in our homes our ancestors would then have that same opportunity to build a community um, so that when we pass on, we will be welcomed by that community. Mm. And in some essence, I feel like that's what the community altar has done. It is truly the heart of the store. It feels that way, too. Mm-hmm. It's oh, like, it's very much yeah. a working, you know, it's it's like the TARDIS. <laughs> it does. It does. It has that kind of TARDIS thing going it hums. on. Yeah, it does. It homes. That's for that's for sure. Um, I don't know if there's space on it, but uh, if we can get some photographs up of the different, you know, highlights of, of the altar for you to look at after you've listened to the podcast. You I think. can see them on magicaldrew.com. There you go. And when we post this episode's cover, poster, picture, whatever it is on. I, I have no idea what they call them, but we'll, that it'll be that. It'll be a awesome. picture of the altar. Very so. cool. Well, I, I feel a little selfish talking about something that <laughs> that uh, I adore so deeply. But yeah, uh, that was that was really fulfilling. Well, the takeaway is everybody out there needs to have a home altar. Yes. It can be mm-hmm. an end table. It can be something that you you pull out and put on a coffee table and then put up. But if you can have a permanent space for an altar, whether it's one shelf high above the cats, mm-hmm. you need to have that space and you need to work with it. And you need to build your piety because that will become your sacred center. And from that is where your power will grow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and to reiterate, it does not have to be big and elaborate. It it can be an Altoids tin filled with the things that resonated for you and felt magical to you and started to guide you toward your own sacred center. And that being said. <laughs> Mine is a TV dinner tray. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you, yeah, go. See? Yeah. you know, portable. Nothing more sacred flexible. than food. Yeah. Oh, yeah, food. And with that, um, we thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pagan Gumbo Podcast. If you would like to check out previous episodes, please do. Um, if you'd like to explore the uh, the originators of this podcast, the altar that we spoke of today, and so much more, please go to MagicalDruid.com. And uh, our other sponsor is NewyCobaltDesigns.com, purveyors of Chic Magic. And uh, thank you guys all, and thanks, Sequoia, for being here. Thanks for having me. Inaugural voyage. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And take us out of here, Seamus. Let us walk in wisdom, balance, and service.